I'm Lucy. And I'm Linnea. And you're listening to First Impressionists, where we talk about all things art. We keep taking little breaks. <laughs> yes. But it's fine. Life gets busy. <laughs> Linnea's having a grand time already. I'm so sorry. Oof. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> I feel like I should just okay, tell everyone right. that Keith is here. Hello. And that's why we're laughing. No. <laughs> Oof. Okay. okay. Uh, welcome back, Keaton. Thank you. First guest to return. Aw. I'm honored, deeply yes. honored. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me again. Um, we'll see where this one goes. I'm, I'm excited. Let's <laughs> 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 nope. talk about art. Yes. Yes, yes. We Sweet. will talk about some art, regardless of where it goes. Yeah. Yes. Um, how are you, Linnea? I'm good. I'm really good. <laughs> good. <laughs> I'm good. Oh, yeah, made I'm it for cool. Nice. Why are you good? <laughs> I'm drinking some pumpkin spice tea. Didn't know that existed until just now. Ooh. I didn't either, and it's from my house. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. yeah how you about was... you, Keith? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, rock, paper, scissors. Here we go. All right, all right. All right. <laughs> Okay, you, uh, does that mean you go first or I go first? Is losing going first? Lucy, how are you? Lucy, yeah, you go first. Okay. How are you? Um, I am very good. Nice. Um, I'm going down to Anchorage next week Ooh. for a work conference, Ooh. so that should be fun. You should sort of. visit Point Warren's Point Warren's Point Warren's yeah. Yes, there yeah. you go. Some, That's the visit goal. Visit Moe's art. Yeah. Yes, see it in real life. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun. Okay, your turn. Even do some art yourself. Okay. Um, (laughs) I am... Okay. So imagine a person walking across a frozen lake, and it's a blizzard, and the person is trying to balance three sticks that are balancing plates, and the ice (laughs) is cracking, and the plates are falling, and he's about to fall through the ice. That is how I sometimes feel, but right now I'm feeling really good, so I'm I'm doing good. I feel like a Van Gogh painting in the later half of his life when he had color, so. Okay. Yep. Okay. Awesome. As opposed to the potato eaters. Yes. Yes. Sometimes you're good. Sometimes you're the potato eaters, but today you're... you're, You know, irises. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> one of those flowers. I almost said water lilies, and that would have been way wrong. <laughs> yeah, you might have done that too. I don't know. Yep, yeah, that's how I feel. So okay. good, cool. Good. Yeah. Nice. Well, as you guys know, we like to ask our ask our guests a question, but Keaton has already answered our go to question, which is, "What is your favorite piece of art?" So yes. we've chosen a new question for this episode, and that is, "What <laughs> is your um, if?" The last year of your life was a painting. What painting would it be? Hmm. That's a really good question um, that I've heard for the first time. <laughs> so I think, <laughs> I think that um, I don't know who painted this, and 
have seen it though. I don't remember where, so I'm actually not quite 100% sure that this even is a painting. <laughs> but in my mind, but in my mind it exists. Okay. And it kind of ties into how I feel sometimes. Um, I am a completely like blank canvas with a tiny little black dot in the middle. And the black dot is in the shape of a nose. And it's a polar bear <laughs> blinking in a blizzard. <laughs> and that is what my last year has been like. It has been very chaotic. It's been very blizzard-like. I've been blinking a lot. and um, <laughs> More than every other year? <laughs> more than every other year, I think I can Extra say. Extra blinking. Yes. Okay. And I think that that translates into just how much like how many things have been happening in my life mm. and uh which is good like i mean polar bears love blizzards right like they probably don't not like them i don't know i actually <laughs> don't know what it means to be a polar bear but i do know that oh you know what there's actually deeper meaning here <laughs> okay. so okay so picture this i'm like constructing this in my mind okay so not only is it like being overwhelmed by the blizzard but like you're still like struggling through it but all you can see is your nose okay that's not the deep part the deep part is i did recently start going to uaf which their mascot is, is the, the... Nanook. Nanook. It's the Nanook. It's the Nanook. I still don't know how to call it. Nanook? Nanook? I, I say Nanook? Yeah, Nanook. but I don't know if that's right. That's just what I oh, say. university professors, if you're listening to this, please don't keep me out of your class. And fellow students, don't hate me. Um, but yeah, yes. so yeah, that's the deeper meaning uh, to my life. <laughs> wow. Yeah. wow, that's what it feels like to be a college student. Yes, right. polar <laughs> yes. bear blinking in yes. a blizzard. Yes, yes. Yep. Could a be a painting. Minimalistic painting. Gonna <laughs> 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 use the nose. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yep. Actually, you know where I got that from? I don't want to extend this longer than I need to, but I got it from <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes. That uh, is a Calvin and Hobbes oh, comic. That's where I got okay. it from. There oh, you go. Calvin is showing Hobbes. He's like, "Hey, it's a picture of a polar bear blinking in a blizzard," and then Hobbes is like. Is it all like lifeless expression on his face? So. Oh yeah, that's yeah. good. Yep, sounds yeah. like Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But, yeah. Okay. Okay. I like it. Amazing. Um. Well, today we're talking about what art can teach us about perspective. Um. So we all sort of have some ideas of um. Different versions of events being painted by different artists. Um. Different stories different figures, things like that. Um, so we're going to kind of use those as a guide for our discussion, and hopefully there's something interesting in there. <laughs> um, we'll find out. <laughs> um, yeah. None of this has been discussed beforehand, so hopefully there's something fresh and enlightening. Oh, there will be. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Okay. So Sweet. where do we want to start? Um, let's start with... Hall of Fernies. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. I feel like this is the most, like, it's just such a clear contrast because so much of the paintings are similar. Right. But you see so, like, such a, it's very stark difference between them. In yeah. just, like, the way that they portray the story. Mm. Yeah. So it's two paintings by very famous artists who are contemporaries of each other. Mm. Yes. Um, who both painted the same scene mm -hmm. from a book that... Turns out isn't in my Bible. Yep, but it is in the Orthodox, Orthodox Bible, Bible. And the Catholic Bible. Yes. Okay, so it is there. But Just I was like, the where in Bible. the Bible is mm. this story? So not in the yes. real Bible, you mean? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing a little shade on the conversation. <laughs> oh. Uh, it's uh, yes, in the it's book of called a Deuterocanonical book. Mm. Oh, big Fun words. Fact. 
I wrote it down because I thought it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. And it's in the book of Julia or Judith? It's, yeah, Judith. 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 Yeah. That makes more sense. Yes. Chris, since the, her name is Judith. The story of Judith in the book of Julia. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah, just a, a quick background for anyone who doesn't know this story. Um, so it's a story about Judith, and Judith is a, a pious young Jewish woman who seeks to save her people by entering the enemy Assyrian camp outside of her hometown. Um, so she gets dressed up, she mm-hmm. prays a whole bunch, and she heads into the camp. And once there, the Assyrian general, Holofernes, is struck by her beauty and convinced that she has information that will lead to his victory. Hmm. So they have dinner and he gets very drunk and she beheads him. And that's the story. Hmm. Um, And uh, I don't know what it is about this story. Maybe um, it's something people, maybe people resonate with Judith somehow. Hmm. Um, But this story has just been portrayed by so many different Mm -hmm. artists um and we might get into more than the main two but the two most famous are by caravaggio and artemisia gentileschi so those are the two we'll kind of focus on Mm. at least to start um let's see uh well let's just start with caravaggio yeah (laughs) and we'll kind of we can look at them separately and then kind of compare them um so caravaggio Uh, lived from 1517 to 1610. He's an Italian painter, and he's known for his use of tenebrism, um, which is the sharp contrast between dark and light. Hmm. And he's also known for his psychological realism. Hmm. And for killing a guy. Oh, yes. Tennis match. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he was a very bizarre man. Yes, very bizarre. If you Um, saw, like, that one self-portrait of him where he's got the crazy eyes, it's very, like... Very, yeah. Very telling. Yeah. Yeah. Very violent and provocative man. Yeah. 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 Definitely. His whole life. Um, I believe he... So he got in one brawl and then was exiled good and then he he wanted to be pardoned by the pope and never was and then he got in another brawl which disfigured him so badly that people thought he died (laughs) he didn't die for another three years after that wow and you lived a really long time 1517 to 1610 that's like that's a long time that's like almost 100 years right yeah. Jeez. Is You're still in right? college. Can you help me out? Wow. Um, English major. English major. <laughs> Not math major. I ain't no engineer. Um, yeah, so Got kind of kind of a crazy dude. Um, but very famous for this style of art. Mm. Um, a lot of his paintings are about very similar topics, just sort of... Um, violence and struggle death those were Mm. sort of the things that he was fixated on so it makes sense that this is something he chose to depict um and this painting is very interesting to me um i don't know if maybe it's because he's a man and he's portraying this Mm. um but the judith in this painting is um very innocent looking very young she looks very trepidatious about cutting off this head um, 
And it always looks to me like her, like, evil old servant is, like, whispering and, like, trying to get her to do this. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah, so hmm. definitely one stark interpretation of this story. Hmm. Yeah. It's it's super interesting. It's, like, she, like almost the way that she's cutting off his head. It's, like, I can't imagine that it would be very easy to, <laughs> to yes. do that. Like, it doesn't really look like... Yeah, it's like she's trying to cut off your head, but also be as far away from you as possible. Yeah. Which seems very difficult. It's like, you know, yeah. when you're killing a bee... And you're like, I know I have to get close enough to slap it with the shoe, but you really don't <laughs> want to. So it's like limp yes. noodle arms. That's how she's cutting yes. off that guy's head. Yeah. yeah. Which seems impossible, but hmm. yeah. And it's, it's very interesting. Um, the composition of this scene is also interesting. It looks like she approached him from behind so he couldn't like grab her and fight mm. back at mm -hmm. all because I mean he's grabbing like his bed sheets but it doesn't look like he's doing much to escape <laughs> even though she's just holding his hair so I don't really understand how this is mm. happening but um yeah yeah just a very interesting interpretation yeah um and would you say the name of the man was like that's getting beheaded Holofernes. oh Holofernes interesting yes yeah it reminds me of that's what's crazy about this, and it reminds me of like a, like a beheading of John the Baptist. Mm. You know, like mm -hmm. it, it really seems like one of those, like with the plate and the head. And uh, I'm trying to think of who. Um, I don't know if Caravaggio also did John the Baptist as well, but there's like a few other ones where they, mm. um, where there's like distinct. I'm looking it up right now. The beheading of a John the Baptist definitely possible yeah hmm yeah that's interesting yeah i didn't draw that connection but i definitely yeah. i definitely see it hmm but i wonder if there's almost like he was alluding also to that in that painting mm. you know and i don't know because like um this looks like andrea solario like that kind oh. of imagery of mm -hmm. you know those very classic biblical story right but um yeah just something that i observed in that, that was interesting. yeah that's, that's <clears throat> interesting yeah hmm. okay um okay. let's look at artemisia's version yeah um, and talk about that a little bit so artemisia um was a contemporary of caravaggio um actually her father was good friends mm. with him mm. Um, so she probably knew him, definitely studied his work. Mm -hmm. um, if you see the composition of hers versus his, she's got a lot of the tenebrism style as well. Um, and there are some elements that are pretty similar in their paintings. Um, so Artemisia, she started um, practicing painting at a very young age. Um, I think she painted this one when she was pretty young I mean one of I think her first signed painting was maybe 17 years old hmm. Hmm. so she was pretty young um, and she had um, a pretty um, difficult life mm -hmm. so when she was 17 she was like brutally raped by one of her father's friends who was Yikes. another artist yeah and the trial was like very public she was mm. humiliated mm. um she was uh, it 
yeah, she wrote, I think, like, a 400-page testimony. Wow. Um, and people still didn't totally believe her. Mm-hmm. Um, they made her, you know, repeat um, what happened to her many, many times. Um, but, I mean, surprisingly for the time period, she really held firm in uh, what she said and what her testimony was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that experience plays into this painting a lot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of shows um, the difference between the Judith in this painting and a lot of other paintings, which is part of why it's so famous, because this Judith is very determined. Um, she looks very purposeful. She looks psychologically and physically strong. Um, she is not messing around at all. She's being fought against, and she doesn't look tentative. She is just going straight for the kill. So, uh, yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's a lot more aggressive. Yeah. So the hesitation isn't there that you see in the other painting. Um, it's interesting that in this one, he actually is wrestling with one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and that it looks like it takes two to take him down. Yeah. Um, yikes. That's aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> also, you'll notice there's a lot of, like, sharp angles in uh, his body, but also their body. Like, there's a lot of sharp lines that are being drawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with the sword, like, coming right down, like, almost cutting through the middle of the painting. Mm-hmm. Her hand is... Her hand on the hilt of the sword is almost exactly the center of the painting. Hmm. Oh, know? interesting. And a lot of the lines are either converging on it to kind of like point to it, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of like highlights the sword even more. And it like, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of... I noticed that his face is also pretty dark, mm-hmm. you know, like it's it's shadowed, which is yeah. interesting. So it's like, it's yeah. almost he's not trying to draw attention to his right. face. Very different from yes. the Caravaggio. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. You know, because artists, you know, they'll use uh, light, they'll use direction, and they'll use, like, lines to draw your eyes to certain places, and it looks like her her firm hand on the sword cutting, mm-hmm. like, that's a very, like, key part to the to the painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I think, so, she, like, studied Caravaggio, and mm-hmm. it's so obvious, like, that his painting informs this one, and to right. me, almost, like, the yeah. way her arms are, where they're, like far out extended like it looks very similar Mm -hmm. like it reminds you of the judith in the other painting right but you can see like she's so good because you can see even subtly how much more like engaged in the action of cutting off this guy's head this (laughs) judith is yes and i think too like something really powerful about this one is like like you were saying like her experience um like informed this painting a little bit Mm -hmm. and like in this one the judith is like in in it like she's grabbing his hair Mm -hmm. you can see like his blood on her and it's like i don't know it's almost like this is costing her something like she's Mm -hmm. actually you know yeah engaging in a fight yeah as Mm -hmm. opposed to the other judith who is just i mean also but the way she looks, it's more like she's just, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Um, yeah, I just think these two interpretations are fascinating. Um, and 
absolutely show some interesting differences in perspective. Um, and the reason that I included some of the biography for both artists is because I think both of their lives definitely have a lot to do with the way that they interpreted this story mm -hmm. and oh, sure. um, even, you know, placed themselves in it in, in some ways. Mm. Um, both of them definitely had some pretty violent lives. Um, yeah. But Caravaggio, I think, arguably sort of put himself in that spot. <laughs> um, and Artemisia definitely didn't. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that sort of plays out in the differences of these paintings as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like the first, like Caravaggio was uh, sought that out, whether she like was subjected to it, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting that you look at these paintings and you notice that you really can't separate the art from the artist. Mm hmm how much their own life in like influences how and yeah just the style of how they do it right you know yeah i also think it really speaks to how art is its own kind of language hmm. and like when you like when you're learning a language when you're first learning it you know you're very limited in what you can say and what you can do but True. then as you progress in the language it like opens up what you're able to say hmm. and I feel like um, with artists like this that are just like masters of what they did they were able to take the same story like the same foundational element of the language yeah. and mm. then like use it to say what they each wanted to say yeah um, and I think it's interesting in Caravaggio's painting I almost feel like the movement is like the dude who's like writhing. Holofernes is like, you can see oh, he's in yeah. pain. And I mm -hmm. kind of think that's reflective of like Caravaggio, you know, hmm. tortured artist guy who probably identified with the people in his paintings who he was painting who were um, kind of, you know, maybe the ones that put themselves into violent situations, like mm -hmm. you were saying. Mm -hmm. um, whereas in... Uh, Artemisia's painting, the movement is uh, like Judith is the one that you mm -hmm. can see the movement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, that. Uh, <laughs> if I was a painter, I would not want to put myself in the place of Holofernes. Okay, no. there is an artist who did that. I was just okay. thinking about it. I gotta remember his name, but there's another Holofernes, and it is. Um, Cristofano Alori. Oh, yeah. From He lived from 1577 to 1621. And this one, um, Judith is standing in a beautiful, whatever that is, dress thing. Um, and she's just holding the head. She's already beheaded it. And the head is the head of the artist. Um, oh. Yeah. Interesting. So, okay. that's kind of weird. Hmm. Well, that wouldn't be, uh, that would be like, speaking of artists placing themselves in their work, which, you know, I think a lot of people do. I mean, that was kind of like what we talked about last time when I was on, where we talked about how Ensor would place himself in paintings as the Messiah. Oh. <laughs> and so Jesus' figures looked like him. And you're like, mm -hmm. yikes. <laughs> but he, like, that's how he saw himself. So, like, in this way, Caravaggio sees himself as being, um, either the uh, blunt of an attack or like being attacked and his violent lifestyle mm -hmm. and like him like 
just I guess uh, emphasizing with that character yeah. uh, in the book of Judith. Judith, right? Yeah. Not Julia? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. I got a little, I got a little confused. It was like Judith. Judith. Yes. Which my comments about Judith earlier, uh, just trying to stir the pot. Just anybody that's listening. <laughs> that's all I was saying. Just trying to stir the pot. Um, well, I love what you said about language because um, that also, for people that are like just starting in drawing or painting, uh, it's I feel like a really good way that I would describe it is I, I know there's a language that people are speaking around me and I want to engage in that language. Yes. But I can't speak these ideas that I have because I don't right. know the language. Exactly. You know? Mm. It's the same way with music yes. and with poetry. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I foundation like taking the time to like learn I'm super passionate about this. Taking the time to do the things that are really dull and boring mm-hmm. that are foundational to learning a language, like learning your ABCs, is so, so critical. Mm-hmm. You don't start out saying um, flabbergasted. You start out saying cat and dog. And like, yeah, yeah. you know, you have to work up to those yeah. words and, yeah. and mm-hmm. using them in the right context. And like these master painters didn't get to use the language that they use right off the get-go for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to, you know, go through that process. So I don't know. It's yeah. super cool when you look at it through the lens of language. Yeah. But. And you see like artists that have really distinct styles, but you look at their really early stuff and it's like very mundane. Yeah. And it's like, yep. just looks like every other artist. Like, I guess Picasso is a pretty stark example of that. Like, his early paintings just look like, they look totally different from yeah. what you think of when you think of Picasso. Oh, right? yeah. Because he took a language that he learned yep. the basics of, like you were saying, and he mm-hmm. made it totally his own thing. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And then suddenly there's, you know, two eyes on one side of the face. And <laughs> <laughs> you get Gernica and you get yeah. all these different paintings. Yeah. Yeah, you just got to run with it. That's yeah. what's so cool about Picasso, though, is he would, he had all these different phases. Like, people think of, like, he only does one style and he's, I don't like it. And that's my <laughs> interpretation of people talking. And it's like, no, he has, if you see any of his, like, earlier works, they're really realistic like he could paint like very realistic paintings you know he just chose to branch off into those different things okay side note i have to say this um did you know that picasso got so gosh darn tired of and i might have said this last time i was here this is starting to sound familiar but picasso was so gosh darn tired of people asking him what his paintings meant that he actually pulled out a gun filled with blanks and he'd pretend to shoot them and, oh my gosh. and they'd like freak out and then he'd put the gun away and he wouldn't answer the question that's kind of amazing yeah they'd be like wow. hey what's this painting mean <laughs> and they'd be like oh <laughs> fun fact he would do that he got tired enough and just wanted to play tricks on people so wow I apologize listeners if we've already talked about this <laughs> but, oh no that's awesome <laughs> yeah. oh my goodness so um okay yeah, before we move on from Judith, um, I want to look at the Gustav Klimt mm-hmm. version because it's very different. And there's I think a Klimt it's, version? It's there's a Klimt a version. Honorable yes. mention, Whoa. Gustav Klimt. This is a very, like, triumphant Judith? I think. Sensual? You it's barely a, even see the head. I didn't yeah. <laughs> like, look yeah, for the head. Exactly. Whoa. This is all about Judith. Yes. This, this is, is all not about, about Judith. Holofernes at all. Huh. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. Yes. Wow. He did it. He painted that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel about it. Um, how I really feel about yeah. it is. 
I don't know. I like her necklace. <laughs> speaking this of, is why uh, I'm not an art uh, critic. Speaking <laughs> of language, okay, so tying this into language, yeah, this would be like someone. Oh, okay, to, and I don't know how this would be interpreted. It's like someone learning about the story of the three pigs, yeah, and then only mentioning the wolf. And like, oh. not even mentioning the pigs. And that would be mm. the stories. You talk about this wolf that huffs and puffs and blows things down, but there's like a whole part of the story you don't get. Because if you look at that painting and you don't know what it's about, there is no clear indication. It's just someone holding a head. So like, the other ones are like clearly like she's drawing a sword through his neck. Like you can you can yes. tell there's a lot of context there. You could interpret this as She's she's caressing the head of a man who's sleeping next to her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You can interpret it a billion different ways. Yeah. If there was Except no it, it says uh, Judith at the top. But <laughs> I missed that part. Yeah, no, it's okay, very tall. Fair. But if there was no but, title yeah, and it was just I mean, the painting. And if you don't know the story, then why would you know that? Right. Yeah. And yeah. I, like this was painted much later and yeah. in like the 18 whatever's, 1800s. And um, it's like... Because he learned the language again, like he understood the history of this story and what it symbolized in art, yeah. and so he used it to take it in another direction. Yeah. And because this is already kind of like a pre-established, you know, way of talking about femininity mm-hmm. in the art world, he didn't need to tell the whole story. He could just paint this lady and put a little corner head in there, and people know that he's talking about from the context right whatever yeah yeah similarly to if you told a story about a wolf huffing and puffing they would know that it's probably about the three pigs because you know that story or the asthmatic wolf (laughs) the asthmatic wolf poor wolf just needs an inhaler it's just (laughs) One of the pigs should have just got him an inhaler. He's like, that'd be a fun twist to that story. Oh, yeah. He like gets out of his house and he's just like, hand <laughs> Like, here you go, buddy. And he's like, that's what I've been looking for my whole life. <laughs> I just wanted a friend. <laughs> happily ever after. <laughs> that'd be kind of fun. I love that though. I was I, totally unexpected because you sent me the two first uh, photos and I was like comparing them and contra- contrasting them earlier. And I didn't know that you had that one as well. So I mm. love that because that's so different yes. than the other ones. Yes. That's really cool. Yeah. That's super cool. All right. Let's talk about the crucifixion. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's a big topic. It is a very big topic. And. Uh, about a billion author, a billion authors, billion artists have uh, taken on that topic. Um, so a tiny little story. I was walking through the, um, what is it, the National Gallery in London when I lived in London for a little bit, and it was like my first time in like a, a real museum, quote unquote. Because mm-hmm. you know, Alaska has good museums, but like a really big museum, and um, I noticed that there was, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this thousands of paintings of the crucifixion mm. thousands in this one museum mm. wow. thousands of paintings and yeah. it got so boring <laughs> that I was just like please and then that's the story of I found Van Gogh life was forever changed wow um, okay yeah you think it'd be you found the crucifixion uh, yeah I thought you were going to say I found Jesus no. well that was before this is that's 
free Van Gogh, but um, oh. in the painting world, <laughs> it was very much like I was surrounded by crucifixion paintings. Don't get me wrong, they're very moving, but you see one, you see them all. Mm. Is that true? Is that true? We're about to We're talk about We're about to find out <laughs> on this edition of The Impressionists. <laughs> Stand by. We should have hold music. Do, 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 Does it have to be that whole Yes. To stop immediately. Um. okay. 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 This is a really interesting, I'm, this is why I was like, are we starting here? Because this is obviously, yeah, let's talk about that one. So this is the crucifixion of... St. John of the Cross. Um, okay, this is like, uh, the. I think the reason we chose this is that it's a super different from any crucifixion that you've probably ever seen. And that you're looking yeah. down on Jesus and you see like the darkness all around him. And then mm-hmm. it's like, it's super weird. It's super trippy because he's like above a lake with a boat mm-hmm. where there's fishermen, which... It's kind of, to me, like, reflective of Jesus's ministry mm-hmm. on earth. It's mm-hmm. like he's out there chilling with the fishermen. And then, like, you see the sky, and then above it is Jesus um, on the cross. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's very, I mean, it's surreal. Yeah. Which makes sense coming from a surrealist. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Do you guys have thoughts about why he maybe chose to paint it this way? I think what's interesting is most crucifixion scenes that you see are like either just Jesus. And so you see like all the details of like Jesus or you see Jesus in the context of the people like mourning around him. Yeah. I like the depth of this painting. Um, There's a lot of weightiness that comes with the crucifixion and I think this does a good job of showing some of that weight and the depth it's mm. not just some man on a cross on a hillside it's um, mm. yeah I don't know I love the the contrast between the darkness and the scene below I think it shows like the very um, height of darkness that comes mm. with the crucifixion and all of the hope yeah. um which is pretty amazing yeah absolutely hmm. i love that you can't see his face um because you know you kind of have your classic uh jesus painting but i love that he doesn't include his face because we never get a description of what he looks like in the bible mm. and um yeah, I agree. I think it's so more powerful that you are above him because you can see the weight of him just like falling to the earth mm. with the heaviness of what's been laid on him of sin mm-hmm. and and just everything. And I almost want to interpret that bottom part as, uh, I think it's in Luke. Uh, forgive me, Bible scholars, but it's either like Luke or... I'm sure they will. They, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that's kind of inherent in the, uh, the old title there. Um, but uh, it is... Uh, one of the gospels like the story immediately after the crucifixion and then the resurrection is 
when Jesus reveals himself to the disciples and they're fishing mm-hmm. and he cooks mm-hmm. a breakfast and that's like the last story of that gospel and I almost wonder if it's um, somehow tying back into that mm-hmm. um, and yeah it's weird because you're getting that perspective from above so it's like you're getting it almost like you're from heaven you know mm-hmm. and I almost wonder if he's like trying to place you in I don't even know not like god's perspective per se but you know some kind of like heavenly perspective um because no person would be viewing it from that perspective in the time of the crucifixion mm. but yeah i like that i like that um it's so much different because like you said linnea like you either see like jesus alone or you see the people around him too and there's mm. literally no one around him except for these two people like one guy by a boat and another guy almost not even in the scene and they're not and they're not at the foot of the yeah. cross. Yeah, they no. they're not even noticing that he's doing this. Ooh! Oh! Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> they don't even notice wow. that this is taking place. Mm. Oh, snap. Whole new meaning. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> that's just like everybody that doesn't notice or doesn't know of his story. Mm. And he mm. still died for them. Like, he's still covering them. Hmm. Wow, this is turning into my favorite crucifixion painting of all time. Wow. That's so cool. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> wow. That's so cool. Hmm. Listener, look this painting up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. actually, will, though. Actually, look it up because yeah. it is, it's incredible. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Dope. Yeah. <laughs> I like how we're all like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> all dawns on us at the same time. That's so neat. Um, can we look up El Greco's crucifixion? Yes, we can. Because I think this is another interesting one. Okay. And then this one, too. Oh. Oh, wait. Should we do that first? Because it's oh. another dolly. Uh, we could. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Okay. Okay. What year was that painted? This was 78. So it would have been after he came back to Catholicism, right? Yeah. Okay. So this one is called, I'll briefly describe uh, what, I'm, what we're seeing. So this is called uh, Le Christ de Gala. Oh. Uh, also known as the Christ of Gala, and it's two paintings uh, right next to him, right next to one another, and there's like very oh. subtle differences between them. Uh, why there are two, uh, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but yeah, it was painted in 1978, and the dimensions of both are the same. It's 100 by 100 uh, centimeters, and uh, they are unsigned and undated. Whoa! So that's a, uh, a that's like an estimate date of when he would have made it. Hmm. Um, and this is according to the, uh, I had it on me, the, I'm going to really butcher this, Fundicio Gala Salvador Dali, which roughly translates to um, Salvador Dali. Foundation. <laughs> Fun- foundation of Salvador Dali. <laughs> uh, cool. So, um, but yeah, what we're seeing is, again... Dolly swinging in with just incredible different perspective where we are looking, we're actually looking at the crucifixion from above. Yeah, again. again. Yeah. But this time, instead of like looking down, we're looking from above as he is like parallel to the horizon. Mm-hmm. So he is angled away from us. We see the top of his head, mm-hmm. his outstretched arms, and we see the top of the cross, but it is on the same level as the horizon lifted up into the sky. So he is like suspended in the air lifted up towards heaven yeah he and looks like 
like a patient on an operating table. Whoa. Hmm. Yeah, he does. I am going to increase the brightness of my phone. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I he made almost two identical pieces. Like there's some subtle differences between like the clouds and the sun huh. and whatnot and whatever the heck that like island thing is. Yeah, what is that? There's like a weird little thing in the corner. Yeah, we're going to... Listeners, we're trying to zoom in now, but we're having some technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, are they meant to be viewed together, or are they different versions? Hmm. That is a really good question. Um, I don't know if we need to know that right now. but Yeah. Um, Dolly, would you like to answer that? Excuse me. Yes. <laughs> Dolly? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, I painted the paintings in such a way that uh, it reflects two interpretations of the crucifixion. And... Uh, I don't know. That's just how I interpret uh, the cross and how it affects my own salvation. You know, there's multiple ways of seeing a certain event. Thanks, Dolly. That's great. Wow, <laughs> Dolly, it's interesting that you have a <laughs> not an accent that you have at all in your videos. Because <laughs> I couldn't remember for the life of me what he sounds like. A sp- uh, maybe a person from Definitely. Spain. <laughs> he spoke English though, didn't he? Well, he maybe, but uh, probably, he probably, 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 is, probably not like an old timey American accent. True, <laughs> Dolly, if you're listening in from heaven, or hopefully from heaven, uh, um, uh, yeah, Catholic, so it could be purgatory. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, we're gonna have to edit that part. Oh, no. oh dear. This is gonna be our most controversial one yet. Oh dear. Oh, no. Um. So how do we recover from this? Uh, okay. You know what I was thinking of? Let's just like take a pause. The whole crucifixion. Hopefully, our listener gets distracted by what we were about to talk about. You know what I thought about? I thought about how. Van Gogh, definitely smiling from heaven, would be smiling upon this podcast because he had a vision. Well, think about it. He had a vision of people meeting in the south of France, artists collaborating together, talking about art, doing art, and, like, living in community. So, like, Mm -hmm. him seeing this probably brings some joy. Whoa. Yep. That's so I love that. Yeah. so nice. That makes me very happy. Yep. And go gone. You can go... <laughs> you can go. Don't <laughs> go away. <laughs> so. Oh, <laughs> go and go, go again. God, yep. Oh, no. You can go to some island and be terrible. <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> Should get like anti go gone shirts. That'd be fun. Yes. That would be fun. That would be fun. That would yes. be very fun. We need to make, like, stickers or something for the podcast. I feel like we could Oh, that. that should be it. <laughs> We're like, shirts just now, a giant stickers. It's <laughs> oh, just his face with an extra. Yes. <laughs> and if you know, you know. And if you don't, you don't, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so, um, yeah, it, it is like a patient on an operating table. Yeah. And I love that, to me, it kind of signifies the relationship of the cross directly between Christ and god like mm. like between the father and the son because he's facing heaven you know and like just what just imagining what the dynamic was between the father and the son during the crucifixion and how mm. much heartache there would have been and how much pain there would have been mm. and not focusing on how not focusing on the dynamic between christ and us where you would get that with like a regular with regular people watching which there's no one else in this painting it's just him yeah so if you got people at the base, then you'd be more focused on that. But right now, he's drawing his attention to... I feel like he's drawing your attention up towards... Mm. Uh, between him and the Father. Mm. Which wow. I think 
you don't get too many crucifixion paintings that that make you think of that you know yeah but um yeah why the sun is also so predominant is another <gasps> the sun <laughs> s-u-n or s-o-n <laughs> that's why it's so predominant <laughs> Okay, I think I'm grasping at straws, but <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. mean it's so vastly. It's also just vastly different than the than the theme of um, the last one we just looked at. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, wow. But. All right. Well, should we wrap it up with El Greco? Yeah, yes. let's talk okay. about El Greco. This is not the best quality. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this is bad. Wait. Okay. So. Here, look at this one too. Okay. Okay. This is the Crucifixion by El Greco. Um. Okay, there's a lot going on. Wow. First of all... I'm so confused. So, like, somehow it's zoomed out, but also, like... Yeah, the bottom of the painting The bottom so of the painting different. is Toledo. <laughs> I know, I'm being serious. What? Yeah. Ohio. Oh. No, Spain. No. <laughs> I don't know. It's El Greco. Oh, yeah, it makes more sense. <laughs> I was like, that's so random. <laughs> Toledo, Ohio. They're just like, well, that's a setting for the cross. <laughs> Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, Toledo. This is Toledo, which there's like a really famous, like probably one of the most famous El Greco paintings is just a painting of Toledo. And um, I think it's famous because it's like, it's a landscape, but it's very like haunting and huh. sad. And I've been to Toledo. I've never been to a place that felt just so... Yeah, Spain, not Ohio. Just making sure. I've never been to Ohio. Okay. Would love to visit. Shout but out Ohio. Shout out Ohio. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, I've never been to a place that you... It's like very... Like, there's a sadness there. It's mm. like a sad mm. place. I don't know mm, why. Really? don't know anything about the history of Toledo. But, yes. Like... And I was pretty young yeah. when I was there. And I still remember the impression of just like... This is like, just like a melancholy or something. I don't know. So was it the people or was it like a certain vibe that you had while you were there? Like you just like walked off the plane and you're like, whoa, like a wave of sadness or you saw like a bunch of sad people or both. Like, you know. Legitimately, legitimately like. I don't remember okay. it being sad people. I okay. more just remember like. <laughs> Some guy walks up to you with one shoe. He's like, "Have you seen my other shoe?" You're like, "What?" <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's one of the saddest I could think of, which is kind of sad in itself. Anyway, um, okay. Yeah. Anyways, I think it's interesting that he puts the crucifixion there, uh, and hmm. I don't know. It's a transplanted crucifixion. Yeah, mm. it's interesting. Yeah. Mm. Just like how Jesus wasn't white or European. He <laughs> <laughs> was probably... Probably. Arabian or Middle Eastern because that's where he was born. <laughs> I know I'm stating the obvious here, but I think it needs to be stated. Okay. Yes. There are so many white Jesuses in European landscapes and it's driving me crazy. <laughs> this is one of them. Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't think you can get whiter than that, actually. You're probably right. Yeah. Hmm. No, that's interesting, though. Um, the crucifixion can symbolize so many different things to so many different people. Um, so mm. I'm, I don't know. I've never been to Toledo. I don't really know anything about El Greco 
for his is life. Is so, the one that did the really upsetting, like, Jupiter eats his son? Is that no, El Greco? No. No, that's... Um, Goya. Yeah. 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 Okay. The one that wasn't yeah. supposed to be found? <laughs> yeah, that's a whole that's a whole episode right there <laughs> at least I did. yeah I'm pretty sure it's quite <clears throat> probably um do you guys get like spiritual impressions of what's like floating around him yeah yeah like ghosts yeah it definitely looks like this looks kind of like birdie t- like a bird sort of like little yeah. phantoms yes yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting also just like highlights of mountains but yeah yeah there's a lot of interesting dimension with light and shadow in this painting yes and also his like somewhat highlighted sense of color if you look in the bottom left hand corner you'll see like one of the only uses of red and a really bright yellow Hmm. which is Mm -hmm. kind of odd like i was drawn to that when i look at the scenery and I wonder if he's trying to, like, direct us to that and what that could mean. Well, maybe it's, like, the same dealio with, uh, who was the other guy we were just talking about? Dolly. Yeah. Mm. These people are obviously just going about their Toledo business. <laughs> <laughs> they're just, like, living yeah. their life. They're sad lives. And they're not seeing what's happening mm. in, like, mm. the thing that's dominating the whole scene. Obviously is the crucifixion mm. and mm. but it's like it's like there but it's totally separate from what's going on it could be that he was trying to tell people in Toledo like Christ died for you too mm-hmm. you know mm. and make it very clear <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. he died not just for a certain group of people but for you mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah which how do you expre- express that in one of the best languages you know you paint mm-hmm. you know that's so different. Yeah. What does it say above Jesus? Um, I don't know if we can read it. Okay, it's in Latin. So it goes roughly translated. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> here lies the king of Jews. Okay. Also, Aramaic. Aramaic. There's a lot of languages here, actually. There's a few. No, I'm just teasing. Um <laughs> That's a really good question. Do yeah. you think that's something that we could look up? It's in the Bible, you guys. I, mean, I know, but it's... It, it could be different. <laughs> oh, it could be really? like his own words. <laughs> yeah. You don't know. You don't know. He could be pulling a fast one on us. He could be. Yeah. <laughs> hmm? I don't know. Who knows? It's a mystery for another time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Maybe next time we'll have answers for that's that right. one. Yeah. Hmm. Well, perspective. Yeah. I feel like the biggest perspective shift is now I'm thinking about Van Gogh listening to everything that we've saying we've mm. been saying. And smiling. And yes. smiling. And probably be like, yes. yes, that's what I was trying to do. And he'd be like, I don't know what that weird little squared box device <laughs> thing is you guys are talking at, but that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Man, he'd be so blown away by Spotify. <laughs> For real. Yeah. He'd be so blown away. Yeah. Do you think that he's listening to Sunflower by Post Malone? 
<laughs> Honestly, I think he's listening to Vincent by um, Don McLean. Oh, yep. <laughs> he definitely starry, is. Starry night. <laughs> yep. It's got that little hint of like melancholy in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. all over it. <laughs> like, not only was this made about me, but this was made with me in mind. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah, yes. so good. <laughs> also, listener, if you haven't heard Starry, uh, if you hadn't le- had listened to Vincent, that's a really good one too. So yes, good song. Honestly though, how low key slaps would that be if like Don McLean was listening and he's like I will sponsor you. That would be amazing. Uh yeah, I mean well Yeah. Please do. Yeah. If you're listening. <laughs> yeah. If or anyone who that. wants to sponsor True us. that. Feel free to just reach out. <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I don't know what we would do with a sponsorship, but we could do something, I'm sure. We would do stickers. Something. Stickers. Yeah, there you go. If you go. want, if you're out there and you hate Gauguin, and you want to make a take a stand, finally, let the truth be spoken. Stand yes. against Gauguin. <laughs> <laughs> this is the hill we will die yes. on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, see yeah. y'all next week. Yeah. Wait, probably not. <laughs> see you next episode. Yeah. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Titled Why Gogan is Bad. <laughs> <laughs> probably not, because I don't make that decision. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah. Thanks for being on, Keaton. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> some juicy art news actually do you guys hear the uh danish guy in the news that uh this like museum paid him eighty three thousand dollars to make a piece out of money and he took the money and gave them two blank canvases and he titled the piece take the money and run so yeah that's i mean well, that's, that's pretty good that happens yeah <laughs> That is pretty good. That's like it's pretty next good. level. <laughs> yep, that just happened today, I think. Took the money and Dang. just absolutely been loosed. Um, oh, one of my least favorite pieces probably of all time. If you go to Point Warren's off, there's this like 
Wait a second. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> there's this really, like, large cylinder. It smells really Wait. bad there, by the way. <laughs> and there's graffiti art on the cylinder. Are we this talking? It's literally the worst. Are you? This is most favorite. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Just to let you know, I do listen to them. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're like, wait a oh second. <laughs> and Mo, I'm kidding. That's, that's a joke. This is used. I'm kidding. <laughs> totally a joke. Oh. <laughs> Your face, though. That was pretty priceless. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> this is starting to sound familiar. <laughs> Surrealism is probably my least favorite genre, though. You know. <laughs> Just every every guest favorite. under the bus. <laughs> Listen, I was the first. I was the best. Okay, one thing clear. All right. Until Quinn gets on here. I will be the best. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I All need right. to text him and see if he wants to. Pride thrown aside. I think it would be funny, though, every time a guest com comes on, um, if they, like, mention Quinn. And they're like, 